1: Filthy, foul, vile, vulgar,
0: coarse, impure taste, unseemly,
1: street talk, gutter talk, locker room language, barracks talk, bawdy, naughty, saucy, raunchy, rude,
0: crude, lewd, lascivious, indecent, profane, obscene, blue, off-color, risque, suggestive... Cursing,
1: cussing,
0: swearing, explicit language. Hello, and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you listen to a podcast you'd already heard before, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a date unspecified best of edition of the show where we rerun previous content with new production and drops and hope you don't notice. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you in part by Rerun. Why make something new when you can just use some old shit you've got lying around? Rerun specializes in taking all your old ideas and making them new again. Never sweat a big presentation at work when Rerun will make just enough changes to make it seem like an original idea. Struggling to finish a the thesis? Fighting with a new pitch for the boss? Desperately need a book for your publisher? Try Rerun. Join such notables as John Grisham, the Republican Party, and of course the Clinton and Bush family. Everything old is new again when you change just a few words. That's the rerun guarantee. Use the promo code hashtag reboot and save 20% off on your next movie script from a rerun. (coughs) This is a re-recorded of episode 2A, originally recorded in April of 2015. It was the second show, y'all. When this episode was first recorded, the original runtime was a titch over eight minutes. We didn't have a theme. We didn't even have an intro. I just sort of wrote some shit down and recorded it while I was drinking.
1: Nothing has changed. Ooh,
0: Someone's feeling all pissy because I didn't let them host the show for a couple of weeks. Ah! I like this episode because it captures what the show was becoming and what I hoped it would be before the entire shitfest of the election. And hopefully when we come back from hiatus, this is the kind of high-quality content you will find in your podcast feed or live on-the-spot reports from the war-torn front lines of Civil War Part two. You never know. So enjoy the walking douche on What the Hell Podcast Redux. Hi, I'm Matt Wilkis.
1: And I'm Jen Harris.
0: And we are here to talk to you about our new web series, New York is Dead. So dead. New York is Dead is a comedy about 2 down on down-of-their-luck, broke, New York City artists, Felix.
1: And Kathy.
0: Who become hitmen and start killing people for money.
1: It's a comedy. (laughs) The series is six episodes, about seven minutes in length-ish. And each episode will focus on Felix and Kathy killing someone different for money.
0: Uh, And I just wanted to mention... Just FYI, uh, this isn't autobiographical. Uh, Jen and I do not kill people for money in real life. (laughs) Nope. Uh, We are artists, and we do live in New York City, and we do struggle.
1: A lot of struggle.
0: But we have never killed anyone for money. No. I, too, live in New York City because nowhere else will take me. Some people, I guess, were just meant to be here. Mostly because the rest of the world finds us off-putting.
1: Go away! We don't want you here!
0: There are other enclaves of in-country expats. New Orleans springs to mind. The entire state of Vermont, I mean, they elected a socialist. I'm not sure that they're even officially part of America anymore. I've heard that Asheville, North Carolina has a haven of strange in the Deep South, and of course, Austin, Texas, where the unofficial motto of the town is Keep Austin Weird. San Francisco used to be the kind of place where the strange and unwanted were kept. The city by the bay had a great run from the middle of the 20th century up through the turn of this century as a place for misfit toys to gather. Nowadays, San Francisco is painfully and unhappily assimilated into the collective by thousands and thousands of upper-middle-class white boy drones who create the gadgets, geeks, and apps that operate the American hive mind. An app that makes pics of your dick, bitch. All that is odd is pretty much squeezed into the Castro, and even this is really more of a wealthy, gay enclave than a haven for the different. It's a victory of sorts, but also a loss of uniqueness to the community. New York, too, is rapidly fading from the landscapes of oddities. The great neighborhoods where artists, writers, and eccentrics practiced their diversions and perversions are now just blocks upon blocks of high-end fashion boutiques, chain stores, and banks upon banks upon banks upon banks. You know there's like a Starbucks on every corner? Now imagine that with Chase Banks and Banks of America. You'll get the idea. Honestly, if you can walk three blocks in Manhattan without finding a branch of a major financial institution, you're in Manhattan, Kansas, and not New York City anymore, Toto. There are, in fact, two New Yorks now. One of them is dying a painful but speedy death and the other is the young, affluent, modern New York mainly consisting of gentrifiers and brunchers who roam the streets in packs of shrilling, protoclad sorority girls and Abercrombie zombie frat boys living on daddy's money and their jobs on Wall Street.
1: There's so many of them.
0: They own the streets in the East and West Village. They consume their way through millions of dollars of high-end merchandise and expensive cuisine like versace locusts let loose by a vengeful deity whose pantheon includes high banks and creative content agencies. And he's an angry god who hates all that is good and decent in the world. I mean, I don't even know what a creative content agency is, but it scares the shit out of me and then there is the rest of us the people who do the actual fucking work in the city ungrateful peasants. We cling like desperate little whelks to our rent stabilized apartments watching the rising tide of douche shuffle down the streets like scruffy desperate Georgians trying to keep the walkers off Herschel's farm. We bunker up try to find others like us and hope we outlast the outbreak and they'll move off to the next hot neighborhood. There are more of us than there are of them but they have all the fucking money. And yeah, eventually this herd will move on to Brooklyn where they go to spawn and then swim back upstream to wherever douchebags go when there's nothing left for them to ruin. Probably back to their hometowns where they raise the next wave of evil little shits to spill out and consume some other city. Though from what I can tell, they're rapidly running out of places to gentrify So now they're looking to dying cities in the Midwest, hoping to bring their artisanal mayonnaise stores and tantric masturbation studios. Doesn't that blow your mind? To places like Detroit or St. Louis. So, the upshot is finding the unique in New York is not a little difficult. Sure, there are still some original characters left, but they largely are consigned to playing costume roles in street parades. A sort of step and fetch it routine to entertain the tourist representing the old weird ways of the city or, you know, a minority. So, you're a Negro. Mom! <laughs> You're all over television now. Leave him alone, Mom. He wasn't tall. Your father said they're tall. They're not all tall! Shut up! In the decade I've lived here, I've seen the genuinely interesting rapidly replaced by the generically created caricatures of quote, different, unquote. A which celebrated the diversity of the cities are now just excuses for the doucherati to get their drink on. That's actually a word, by the way. It's recognized in the spell checker, and that's a sad statement on our world. The Gay Pride Parade, the Mermaid Parade, the Village Halloween Parade, the Dance Parade, all once were reflections of a city where Odd was celebrated. But now they're just St. Patrick's Day drinkathons for sexy thing costumed young women and dude bros dressed as 90s television characters. And a lot of older New Yorkers lament the state of the universe. You can hear their cries on blogs detailing the slow fratification of the city. Some even go so far as to say that the dark days of the 70s and 80s 80s were actually preferable to this modern suburbanification.
1: But you know, we were happy in those days. Although we were poor. Because we were poor. Hi.
0: Think about that for a minute. People who lived through the crack and crime of the time prefer that to modern New York. Not all of them. Many people point out that New York was utter shit during those days. People were mugged. Crime was rampant. Times Square was a wretched hive of scum and villainy. But at least it didn't have an m and store in it the fuck is an m M&M m store? Can't you just get them at the fucking bodega on the corner like everyone else? And I'm certainly not advocating a return to the Bronx's burning days of the city. I think there's room here for all of us, but there's got to be a balance between the pressing forces of Dwayne Reed and Dunkin' Donuts and a place for middle-class people or poor people to just get a goddamn donut that isn't identical to the ones you could buy in Poughkeepsie. There must be a way for those of us who just don't fit in elsewhere to coexist with the hordes of elsewhere coming to transform New York into a larger, more expensive version of the place that they just left behind. It's gotten so bad for me that I instinctively dislike attractive, well-dressed young women. What kind of world do I live in that hot girls make me mad? That's just wrong. Wrong on so many levels. I mean, when I was a lad, if a bevy of beautiful young women walked into a bar, I immediately ducked into the bathroom, checked my hair, and adjusted my penis enhancement sock before strutting back out to get my game on. These days, when a group of lovely ladies stroll in, I hunch my shoulders, order another shot, and become that angry old man at the bar I distinctly remember from my youth snarling about the Wilson Phillips song on the jukebox that I just played because Jennifer and Kimberly wanted to dance the only difference now is the song really the next person to play that goddamn wagon wheel song is getting punched in the face and I don't care if they are a woman That book, do you think I won't punch you? Fucking hootie, we should have taken him out in the 90s. There's a campaign now called Save New York, started by notable old New York curmudgeon Jeremiah of Jeremiah's Vanished in New York, a blog devoted to tracking the ubiquitous consumption that is in New York City. And I want to amend it with a campaign like Austin's Keep Austin Weird, maybe Keep New York Weird. Keep a safe space for all of us who fled the Wonder Bread alleys of our youth for the bright lights in big cities where a bagel doesn't come from a grocery store in a box and a pizza, pizza isn't a casserole. Where a man can sit in a dark bar at 2 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon and write screeds about the rich and beautiful without hearing them discuss having their vagina sequined and young men chest bumping during a game of beer pong. A place where you can be utterly alone amidst 8 million people because they understand you just want to be left the fuck alone. In neighborhoods where nobody knows your name because, hey, who fucking cares, pal? where Caucasians are just part of the mix and are still a little afraid to say the stupid racist shit they think inside their head out loud, where no one ever spends 30 minutes discussing the Kardashians in public. They do that at home, in shame, like the good Lord intended. That is it for this Best of Shows. These are a series of shows that were run after the election to cover up for the fact that I've taken a couple of weeks off to rest my brain from the stress of seeing an actual human flatus take form of a man and try to destroy my country. Seeing as I'm recording these actually in mid-October, there's a chance the whole fucking country is in flames right now, which is a perfect time to enjoy a low-rated podcast. If you would like to help other people enjoy this low-rated podcast during the Trump riots of 2016, rate and review the show on iTunes, iTunes so people can find it quickly and easily while charging their phones on the bicycle charger a la Gilligan's Island while an angry redneck is trying to loot and burn their city. Follow the show on Twitter where I'll be live tweeting the destruction of the Republic, or the show on Facebook where I will be not. All of the shows are at SoundCloud at the show name and at www.whatthehellpodcast.com For me, Dave Bledsoe, the the about-to-be-punched-in-the-face producer Gavin, and all the other fictional people on this show, we want to say, Uptown's got its bankers, the Bowery is actually just a haven for
1: models.
0: 42nd Street got the tourists, they're everywhere, son. They're as pale and as fat as American comes. And God, I just wish they would all go
1: home. See you all next week. And when the bad folks all get together at night, you know they all call Big Jim Ball just because. And they say you don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't speed into the wind. You don't pull a mask off that old, Lone ranger, and you don't mess around with Jim. I don't do my name is